Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I'm Sally, a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. This is actually my first time qualifying on a Zoom. I uh, spent a lot of time on Zoom for my uh, business and, of course, throughout the um, pandemic, but it's the first time kind of actually qualifying face-to-face, -face. so it, it humbles me a great deal to see all of you. So thank you for your support. So I, um, I actually uh, had a connection with food. I remember the very first connection with food. Um, I was at a restaurant. It was like a theme restaurant. It was called the Hawaiian. I was with my mom. I remember my mom and dad and my family. So I was very young. I mean, I think I was probably nine, eight. And uh, she uh, called me over and said, I really want you to try this particular food. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not interested. And she talked me into it. And uh, I tried it. And I remember to this day, it had me at hello. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. I mean, I was just and it later became a really favorite kind of binge food, but I remember having that reaction still to this day. And um, I was I was never overweight. I wasn't super tiny, but I was never overweight. And we would go camping um, and my mom would always have different kinds of treats and things like that. That was a big part of our life. And I we had a boat and we would go to the lake. And I remember talking to this young girl and she was just really, you know, probably 18, 19, uh, super amazing, you know, sort of swimsuit body and she had, they had this shack and snack shack and she would eat all these sort of hostess items, just nonstop. I said, how in the world do you eat all those things? And you're so thin. She says, oh, I don't, I don't want to tell you. You don't want to know. And I said, yeah, I do want to know. And uh, she said, well, I, um, I, uh, I, I get rid of it. I said, uh, what, what does that mean? You get rid of it. She said, I, I puke. I said, oh my gosh, that's like, that can't be good for you. I mean, what if you you know, I just had all these, I was horrified. I said, you got to stop doing that. And I was doing research. I was about 15 or 16. And I, I did, you know, I looked it up on the Britannic encyclopedia and I said, you, you could really hurt yourself. And uh, she says, I know, I know I've tried to quit. And so this one day I was in our motorhome up at the lake and I was in the motorhome and I ate um, this item that my mom had. And I looked in the mirror and I went, you are so fat and disgusting. I was probably you know, like maybe 15, 16. And so I was, you know, I wasn't that looking at myself, but I left the motorhome. I went outside to the outhouse and I opened the door and I looked down in that horrible, you know, what's in outhouses. And that was the first time I, um, I threw up. And from the time that that occurred to when I became abstinent, on November of 2016, no matter what occurred in my life or what good I would do or what I would achieve professionally and personally, I had that thought of if anybody knew what I did and I had that thought of that, you know, disgusting thing when I looked down there. And that was the beginning of my journey with binging and purging. And I actually went to OA, so I got married to Jim. I met my wonderful husband, Jim, on the side of a mountain. I was uh, on my first date. I had bought a little MG with my babysitting money. I was on a first date and we were talking to this guy and he, uh, somebody came down the mountain and said, someone went off the cliff. And I said, oh my gosh, call 911. So we went to the top of the mountain. There were all these people standing there. I said, do something. They said, I can't stand this side of blood. So I slid down the mountain. It was about 600 feet down. I got rocks all over. And there was a man down there and hit a husband and wife, and they'd rolled off the cliff in their truck. And so I, I'm always been a real, and this is where I think, you know, I've learned with OA and, you know, the gifts of 
there's certain things that are gifts, like that ability to run down the mountain and head there and just not even pay attention to see if I could help this woman. That's one of those gifts. Um, and, and so I've learned that compulsion and that type thing with God's help and my higher power and great spirit's help can serve me. And it served me and that young woman. So I went down, held her hand, kept her warm. And so Jim, he came up on the other side of the mountain. He was an EMT. And so that's how we, how we met. And we, a year later, uh, we got married and I wanted him to know, I said, you know, I do this kind of weird thing. I, I, I throw up what I eat. And he's like, well, that's weird. I said, well, I don't want to get fat. And, you know, I like to eat. And so I do that. And he's like, I don't think that's a good idea, but he was like, whatever. So I told him, I was very honest with him. And uh, we had this wonderful, amazing relationship, but I uh, went to OA a couple times. And then I started really connecting with my career. And at the height of my illness, I was sort of, a, I was very arrogant. So I would, I had a lot of hubris around my eating disorder. I thought I have such a great trick. I mean, I can go out and do all these things and, and eat and enjoy myself. And so I, I didn't hit bottom in that, in that, I mean, I was looking back on it, it was very dangerous. Like I would go to these really posh hotels and I'd get in late at night and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I need food. So I'd head out in the darkness. So I do dangerous things to get my food, but I wasn't, you know, for all intents purposes, you know, good career, good marriage, good life. But, um, in 2012, um, I had this thought early in 2012, I thought, you know, I don't think I'm going to last. I mean, I'm probably going to like drive off a cliff eating hamburgers and food. Cause I would be in my little sports car, just eating. And sometimes I'd be like throwing up in a cup and I'd fling it out the door. I mean, I was just very, I, I made my bulimia and my eating disorder work for me. I would plan, like I would come to your house for dinner and I would first of all, check your bathrooms. And if you had one of those toilets that they have now where you go, it's just like, it's like, yeah. But if you had a bathroom where it took a while for the toilet paper to go down, I would be very nervous. And I'd be very careful because I would never want to overflow your toilet. And I didn't binge on, I mean, I sort of binged on, you know, fast foods, but I was in a position where I would schedule um, these big events for people. And we do these big events on boats and have, you know, thousands of dollars with amazing food. And I'd never eat it because I was in sales and marketing. And I'd go back to the hotel room at night when it was all over and I would get the room service menu and I would order probably, you know, hundreds, hundred, hundred fifty dollars worth of food. And I'd always say, oh, I need three, I need two settings because I wouldn't want the room service people to know it was just for me. And I would sit there in front of television and I would eat and consume the most amazing, you know, type food. So I was really into it. And I, but I told my husband, I said, you know, I, I really don't think that I'm going to last that long. I think you should increase your life insurance, my life insurance policy. And he's like, well, that's not good, you know? And so anyway, so at the very height of it, I was probably, I counted one time and it was 27 times that I would binge and go in the, uh, the bathroom and get rid of it. And in 2012, um, the most horrendous thing occurred in that Jim, the love of my life, he passed away and he, it was a fentanyl patch. He had back pain and it was, it was, uh, I was out of town and um, I, I can't remember that night. I remember, I remember talking to him, but I remember that there was a big buffet at the, the thing. I remember the buffet and I remember thinking, did I call him back or, you know, was I, because so I tried to make it back to the hotel room and get rid of what I ate. Did I call him? And it was just, it was so troubling to me to think that instead of maybe spending on the time on the phone with him, you know, before he passed away, that I was thinking about the food and 
but I did do something good before I left the trip. And I remember I was, I was getting ready to go and he was in the bathroom. I just went in and I, you know, I gave him a kiss and we were walking down the path. And I said, you know, Jim, I said, it's so strange. You know, when people die, you know why they don't call you for lunch because they're gone. Right. And we have animals. We have Sheldon and we have dogs and stuff. And I said, but dogs, they wonder, you know, where did the person go when they disappear? And he said, they know. And so it was kind of our last conversation. And so when I got back and, you know, I kind of, you know, got everything in order, all of a sudden I no longer wanted to eat. I didn't want to binge. I sort of lost my addiction to going to consignment stores and shopping and workaholism. It was all gone. I thought, wow, Jim, Jim took away my addictions. And later I realized I was in shock. And so a couple of years later, I didn't ever get back with it like a vengeance, but I noticed I started kind of using food again. I thought, well, you know, whatever. And I was working and trying to kind of live my life with, with Jim on the other side. And I uh, went to a wedding and we had a teepee. We went to a wedding and it's a beautiful, you know, pastoral setting. It was, the sun was out, we had the teepee up and my friends were there and they were kind of hungry. I said, well, I'll go grab us something. So I went over to the pavilion and they had this big ginormous thing that you have at weddings. And I cut two ginormous slices for them. And I cut a slice for me. And I honestly don't remember whether it was 10 slices after 15, 20, I couldn't tell you, but that I, I do remember looking for a place at this beautiful place in the bushes to try and get rid of all the wedding uh, slices. And I came back home on a Sunday and I thought, I thought, you know, I am, I am, I do not want to live the rest of my life like this. Otherwise I sort of thought that it was kind of like disrespectful of Jim and everybody. And so I went in on my computer and I looked up OA and I saw these phone meetings and this was November of 2016. And so I dialed into the Ebony meeting and these ladies were so cool. I mean, they were just like, no, you don't want to get a sponsor yet. You want to come to a few meetings. And I, from that moment on until now, I, you know, dial into phone meetings and now of course I zoom, but, um, you know, that from that moment on, I haven't uh, binged and, and purged. And so that was a, that's a food abstinence. However, you know, they talk of dry drunks and dry food. I was still that kind of arrogant person. And so between then and now, I have learned through my sponsor and sponsees and this program and the steps and the tools to look at my abstinence, abstinence of not only my food abstinence, but also my abstinence of gossip and my abstinence of compulsion and my work addiction and just the whole picture that drives me. And last week was a, it was a soul crushing week because there's something I do, like, I'm not the person you have to worry about being motivated. I mean, if, if one of you, you know, said, oh, by the way, I have a niece who's, you know, looking for a job in New York and she's in marketing, I'd be I have somebody for you. I'd have like 10 leads for you. I'd say, call this person, call that person. So I'm just this, my whole, I mean, my business is connection. I connect people. So for me, connecting people is like breathing. And I actually met someone on, you know, OA and we became really good friends, fast friends. And I was kind of doing that. Like, I was like, here's someone and here's that and giving her people. And she said to me, you know, Sally, I don't need a Rolodex anymore. You know, back in the day, remember the Rolodex before we had our iPhones. I don't need a Rolodex anymore. It doesn't matter what I needed in the world. If I needed something, I would call you, but I haven't asked. And I'm not asking you to help me with anything. 
and it's just for someone like me, it's just, oh, God, it was just, I said, okay, you know, that I understand. And so I, you know, respected that. And then my um, sister, Indian way, I'm Native American and we, she's not my blood sister, but her husband is, you know, having a real difficult time. And so I was kind of texting, calling. And finally, last Tuesday night, she said, sister, let me call you. You've, you woke me up and I'm just exhausted. Let me call you. And I was just, you know, part of me, I had to 10 step. I mean, I immediately 10 step my sponsor. I'm like, can you believe that? Can you? And then through the week, I just realized with prayer and my sponsor in the steps, this is not about me. She's going through the love of her life. And so I literally actually not, I took her phone number out of my phone, not just a, you know, you're out of my phone. We're done. It wasn't anything like that. I had to protect her from me because I knew just like when I was binging that I'd be all, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm never going to do this again. And then pretty soon in a week or two weeks, I'd forget. And I'd, I'd call her and text her. And so I literally did that. And yesterday she reached out and she said, um, she says, sister, I need you please call me. And I, I was immediately going to call her because I was going to leave my meeting and just like, hi, I'm here. And my sponsor, my therapist and my program have been working with me and God and saying, just let things simmer, pause, right? Just pause for a minute. So I immediately texted my sponsor, texted my therapist. I said, I want to do the right thing here, but I don't want to just jump in and be the compulsive me. So I just responded. I got your message. I'll you know, I'll call you because she didn't say call me immediately, right? So call me when you can. So I call and she, um, we had this wonderful conversation and this thing kind of washed over me that I realized that that other part of my uh, character part that I want to transition into something kind and wonderful and do the best things I can has grown only because of that pain of last week and only because I'm abstinent. And only because I'm 10 stepping, I actually call them preemptive 10 steps. So you know how, when you're like, you start getting pissed off and you start going, ew, you know, that person and you may, you may, you don't say anything, but in your mind, you're kind of taking them out. So I've learned that that's when I need to do a preemptive 10 step, because that might go into something else, whether it's eating more than I need or doing something. So I will text my sponsor and say, I need to do a, a preemptive 10 step. And I would say, inviting me thank you you know becky inviting me to speak today is is really it's kind of like a it's a milestone of coming to this next place of where i want to be and where i want you know where higher power and i believe god wants me to be and just that prayer every day that i wake up and say please put me in the right place where i can kind of be of service to people and where i can you know serve because before jim died i was like you know, if you asked me to help or volunteer, I'd write a check. It's like, ugh, I don't have time for this. And and now I'm just, I want to be that person that, like, if I hear someone passes away, their husband or wife, I say, gosh, have them call me anytime, day or night, because I'm not knowing exactly their situation, but I think I can kind of empathize. And then this really cool thing, another epiphany happened on Friday. I was, I'm helping a, so I used to work for a, a company, I won't mention, they're like a very, very famous company that provides very famous baked items in malls. And I worked for the very famous president of that. And five minutes. Thanks. And so my whole life was about, you know, eating these very famous things, lots of them. And I recently got a, a, a client in, in Park City. She's an adolescent psychiatrist and she's all about, it's about health and nutrition. And, and it's just, I, I'm so grateful today because 
out of this pandemic and out of the gifts of, you know, they, they call it collateral damage or, you know, out of the most daunting things can come the greatest gifts. And if I can just focus on where that, where I kind of was in that sort of food hell, non-abstinent hell, and where I am now looking at all of your beautiful, you know, faces and being able to be here with you, knowing that we have that um, gift in common of our uh, belief in ourselves and wanting to be absent and free and believing we can. So thank you so much um, for uh, connecting with me. I'll put my email in the chat. And um, so, yeah, thanks again. So I'm happy, joyous and free today.